Hello, and welcome to Transforming Talent. I'm your host, Ed Crow, the talent transformation expert for organizations seeking eight-figure growth. We work with those organizations to break through revenue ceilings and realize the business growth that their companies are capable of when they get their people firing on all cylinders. We believe that every business person has a unique voice and a unique angle that makes their business successful. And those are the kinds of movers and shakers that we interview on the show. So stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you could be our next guest in about 30 minutes. So let's jump right in. Hello and welcome to today's edition of Transforming Talent. I am your host, Ed Crow, the talent transformation expert for companies looking to achieve eight-figure growth. So happy to have with me today, David Sterling, the COO of Good Gaming Incorporated. David, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ed. It's great to be here. Hey, pre, uh, pre-going live, um, you really were, were amazing me with some of the innovative things that Good Gaming is into. And so I wanted to, to start out with that. Can you tell the audience a little bit about what Good Gaming is doing and, and especially um, focus on the forward-thinking uses of the web that, that you're getting into. Sure. Uh, yeah, this company started out creating uh, like in-person interactive entertainment. So we, we were doing um, uh, uh, gaming tournaments for uh, uh, PC-based games. So Hearthstone was our first one. Uh, then we uh, transitioned to doing a more online stuff with Minecraft and creating servers for people to come in and, and play competitively. And now we launched uh, the MicroBuddies IP <clears throat> Web3 experience. So we had a, a token mint, uh, the MicroBuddies game, which you could find on microbuddies.io, um, where people could go in and, and, and play the uh, NFT digital collectible game. And then most recently we launched the PFP portion of, of the MicroBuddies Web3 initiative where uh, users can come in and mint their NFTs and use those to play inside the, the digital collectible game. Can I stop you there for one second? Sure, so I'm not sure. sure all of our listeners know what an NFT is. Can you um, explain NFT, that real briefly? Sure. NFT stands for non-fungible token and, and not to get too deep into the gobbledygook. So it's basically, do you remember how when uh, you were a kid and, and uh, in the past where you would get like a baseball card sure. or a comic book or something like that? Yep. Uh, and over time, if you bought the right comic book or baseball card, it would increase in value. Mm-hmm. Well, NFTs are basically the digital version of artwork that uh, can increase or decrease in value over time. Mm-hmm. And uh, it creates a whole bunch of new ownership um, uh, capabilities to it so that it's it's a it's like if you were to own Avengers number one comic book and there would only be one in the world. Sure. So it's a very unique. It has rarity. It has uh, all those kinds of things that make um, uh, 
an NFT valuable. Gotcha. Um, and over time, you it start uh, NFT started out as just artwork. Then you would layer in uh, NFTs layered in utility, which gave it even more capabilities to it. Okay. Now you're seeing NFTs open up into the real world where you're able to get uh, membership and build community membership into certain things that are going on in the real world, like concerts and things like that. Gotcha. So it's the beginning of, of a, a digital collectible experience um, that is unique to whatever you're holding. So in this case, it's, you know, people say it's a JPEG, really. That's mm -hmm. what it looks like. It's a picture. Yeah. Uh, in some cases, it's a video. Um, but it's unique to itself. You have the it's it's yours, and there isn't one like yours. Mm -hmm. um, we've built and gaming experiences have been built around it, where you can take their NFT and do things with it, where it creates more NFTs, and wow. it, it, there's more rarity in the things that you create. So, for instance, if you uh, in our in our Micro Buddies game, you can farm. NFTs from your NFT and create even more rare collectibles from it. And there's even more functionality and utility associated with the game without getting too deep into sure. it, right? So uh, with the launch of the MicroBuddies PFP project, now the MicroBuddies uh, experience in the Web3 arena starts to expand out a bit. And you're st we're starting to, uh, we released, this is the first of a, a 10 uh, PFP releases and PFP stands for profile picture. So it's, it, they're really more pictures of characters that are gonna have functionality. You'll be able to feed the characters, create an egg, and then the eggs you could feed and it creates more NFTs. So it's like a, it's like a game com a community of gamers that get sure. together and start to, and, they, that, and then they have value to them. So sure. you go on a marketplace, just like, you would in the past you would have a, a comic book and you go to a comic book convention and you'd show it to somebody and they would give you money for it because it was rare or mm -hmm. special for some reason or it's got signed or something like sure. that and these are kind of like that it's just a yeah. digital version but we launched the nf the, the micro buddies which is a it's a series of characters a series of 10 characters and their variations which run into the hundreds of millions of different variations on them. Okay. Um, we're taking that IP now and we're starting to expand it uh, across uh, a broad, much broader demographic by bringing it to other platforms. So the Web3 platform has a specific demographic. It scales a little bit older. Um, it's probably 25 and up, you know, okay. so you have that demographic. We're taking the micro and it, we're taking the MicroBuddies IP and we're bringing it to, we've announced Roblox. Mm -hmm. Well, Roblox skews very young. It's, uh, you know, you have the, the uh, uh, grammar school age all the way up through preteen and possibly even teen now. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to, uh, we've announced that we're going to bring MicroBuddies to the Minecraft community, which skews right in between the Roblox and the uh, Web3. So now we have a much broader spectrum uh, demographic to appeal as time goes on. You're still, you start off as a, a, a child and you, you're exposed to the MicroBuddies IP. And as you get older, it's, it's, somewhere, it's somewhere else. It's in Minecraft and it could be, it's gonna be in other places. Um, 
And then as you get even older, now it's a, you have a Web3 experience where you're familiar with MicroBuddies before. Now you can experience this Web3 uh, uh, gaming and, and collectible experience uh, as you're, you're, you don't really go into Roblox anymore or right. play Minecraft. So that's the idea is that we're expanding the, uh, not only we're we expanding the demographic, but we're also connecting these experiences together. Uh, certainly, it's going to start at, at a more basic level as technology expands out and capabilities uh, are, are created. They're going to be talking to each other even, even in a more meaningful and engaging way. Gotcha. So that, that's what we're doing as a company. And MicroBuddies is our first IP that we've created in-house. And we're taking that across these different platforms and creating connected, engaging experiences um, around the, the MicroBuddies intellectual property. You know, it's, it's fascinating to me. And, and as a parent of, of kids who have played Roblox and um, even Minecraft to a certain extent, um, and, and I love to how you, you talk about these um, NFTs very simply because, you know, when I talk to people about, uh, you know, we, we talk about these NFTs, people don't really understand why they're valuable or could be valuable or whatever. Right. Um, I just, I love the comparison to a baseball card, you know, exactly. um, that's something as, yeah. as a little boy. I mean, I still have my baseball cards, you know, sure. um, I still have my comic book. Yeah, yeah there you I, go. I, I mean, I'm not getting rid of them either. Who knows what's sitting in the basement down there, right? Exactly. <laughs> Maybe exactly. I can retire. That's right. <laughs> um, I don't even know it, right? Exactly, exactly. Right. But um, so we were talking a little bit about your, your employee model. You run very lean. Yes, very and lean. And you run... Um, but yet you've got a worldwide network of contractors who work on developing your, your content and things. Right. Um, yeah. Can you talk to the, to the listeners about what it's like to manage a, a worldwide workforce? It's 24 seven. So mm -hmm. uh, I don't get a lot of sleep uh, because they're all over the world, but uh, I'm really kidding. We have uh, our people. We look at it like it's kind of like Berkshire where you have Berkshire Hathaway, you a very small, much smaller scale. Mm -hmm. um, where you have, you know, your, your uh, employees and they form the touch points uh, for the production that's going on. Mm -hmm. And we're overseeing and managing what's going on uh, all over the world. And then it comes in, it gets its marketing and, and you know, we have our basic services with our, uh, our would call a parent company, but uh, our major shareholder via one services that really handles kind of our back office but the Good Gaming Inc. side is really a, a small group of people um, that handle the day-to-day -day stuff and create the, the creative behind mm -hmm. what we're launching and the different kinds of uh, the plat stuff we're putting on the platforms. And then our, gr our group manages our contractors and our uh, production partners mm -hmm. to create what we, what we have in mind and, and then deliver and, and publish. So we kind of we're we're kind of focusing on the publishing angle here internally, um, with creative oversight, but the nuts and bolts of it are being handled by uh, our part our, our creative partners. Mm -hmm. So it's an interesting example of how today's employment marketplace um, yeah. has a much more global scale. And in your case, it truly is a global scale and the ability yeah. to find the talent that you want anywhere. And what, what's the biggest challenge aside from 
every time zone being covered. What do you find yeah, is the biggest right. challenge with a global contracted workforce? Well, I think uh, the, the biggest thing that I've encountered so far is finding that great fit. And, and it's the same thing as finding people that are going to sit next to you in a cubicle or in an office, right? Yeah. If you don't have the right fit and mindset um, and commitment to what you're doing, uh, that's, that's, you know, you're not really going to go anywhere. Uh, I spend a lot of time evaluating talent. Um, and, you know, if it's not working, it's not working, you have to move on. Mm -hmm. um, but when you find that, you find the, that, that good fit, you, you've got to manage it and keep it and make, make sure that they're being taken care of and, and, and make them partners rather than just employees or contractors. Sure. So, we want to make sure that their business is, is successful, uh, whether it's an individual or a company, uh, mm -hmm. and that they're always being perceived as a, as a partner rather than just a, con a hired hand. Mm -hmm. uh, we, so it's, I think that comes a lot from my experience, uh, past experience, where I used to run large groups, and it's the same thing. Sure. The most important thing you do with any, I believe, in, in any, any employee mm -hmm. Uh, is make sure that they understand that they're not just an employee, they're a partner in the business. Mm -hmm. um, and what they're is responsible for our quality and um, profitability as anybody else in the chain. Sure. Uh, and when you start to see how, when you start to see the success of that is when people are like, you know, hey, we, we have to make sure we're, we're watching our spend here or even pushing back and say, hey, is that really the best thing that we should be doing now? That's what you want out of a partner. Right. Uh, you just don't want somebody saying, yes, yeah, okay, sure. I'll just do whatever you tell me to do. Um, because they're the closest, they're, they're touching the product directly versus somebody who's just managing a process. Right. So I think that's the most important thing uh, that I've learned in terms of setting up this whole uh, infrastructure and doing it this way versus hiring a whole staff of people. Mm -hmm. uh, the other thing is, I think... <laughs> Um, is that creatively, it's good to get a, a lot of voices involved to see the different angles uh, of what you, are possible creatively. Okay. Um, if, you're, if you're stuck with a single voice, you may not have the, the kind of uh, dynamic view that you could by having more than just your, your set um, group of people working on you. Right. Your staff. You get stuck in a rut. And you got to inject that uh, that freshness in there, and getting new viewpoints and new ideas into your your thought process. It's very important. And so that worldwide a worldwide group would do that for you. Yeah, uh, you run into some issues, obviously, with the language barrier and mm -hmm. ideas coming from a, you know a diverse cultural background. But that's good. That's a good right. thing. You you have discussions and you try to you know work work through that. And so far, I think we've been pretty successful in terms of our evaluation. Um, the people that we're working with are, are really understand the platform and our direction. And it's my job to make sure that if there's some confusion there, to make sure that they understand where we're going and what we're what we're being asked of them, and that they um, they expect to be treated as a partner. Um, sure. So it, I think so far so good. And, you know, when, when I think about it, I love the fact that when you say that, that you're looking for fit, even in your contractor community. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I think a lot of organizations, they, they go the contractor route because they think it'll be easier or better or whatever. And, and sometimes it is. 
And they forget, though, that those contractors can definitely impact the culture and the vibe that that's going on in the organization. Yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> what's the what's the one thing that when you're interviewing a contractor or, or you're evaluating the current relationship that tells you this fit is really, really good? I think you can, it's tough, first of all, because in the beginning, they're just trying to, they're not sure about who you are. We're not sure who they are. Um, You try and talk about other things besides the the work at hand. Mm -hmm. You try and get an idea of who they are and see where they stand on certain ideas about what's going on in the industry, Mm -hmm. uh, products that are in the industry. You get their feeling for what, you know, others are doing right and wrong. Um, you always ask them, especially in our case, you know, creatively, what have you done in the past and why was this successful or not successful? Sure. Um, why'd you choose to do things this way? Uh, you know, you get your, you try and get them on, on things that have nothing to do with your product, mm-hmm. but you're looking for their outlook on what's going on around them. Um, and then, you know, I like to bring as many people from our group in as soon as possible to talk to them mm-hmm. um, to see what their vibes are um, with with the various different contractors and what they're doing. It's always going to be a, I wouldn't say struggle, but it's always going to be a, a, something you're going to have to work towards to integrate them into a culture that you're trying to establish mm-hmm. versus uh, what they're used to, because they're probably dealing with several different ones and, and being a hired hand um, you want to make sure that they feel like this experience is different uh, if, if they ran into just you know just churn something out for me here's all the directions I, I try to give them uh, you know in direction where the, you know their their opinions are valued so once you once you feel like you're being valued and you what you say is important, then you feel like more a part of a team, right? So, right. and that incur- that's true with any amount, any employee, contractor, uh, relationship that you may have in, in life, right? Yep. So that's what's important. Yeah. And what have you found that's the, let's go the opposite side. You know, what's a, a situation where you realized it, it just wasn't a good fit? What was the, the vibe with that? Uh, then, you, then you run into people that, may not want to be part of it and you see it right away you see like they're they're not communicating uh in a way that is uh helpful or positive in in what we're saying they don't want to join into you know the the whole uh, vibe that we're putting into it they're they're not free to share their ideas they're not Mm -hmm. free to um you know let their guard down a little bit and and be or, you know, they, when you ask for some kind of evaluation on something, it's always negative. They don't see that one side. They, they only see one side of the story of what, you know, somebody may be doing. It's not like, well, I understand what they were trying to do here. It probably could have been done better this way. But I see a lot of positive, you know, when somebody you start to see, when you start to see their vision when looking at something, it's important that you see a, a dynamic vision rather than tunnel vision. Sure. And that, that's really the, I think, is the um, red flag that comes up when you see how they're able to communicate with somebody they just barely met. You know, right. uh, are they, they seem more open and friendly and, 
you know, easy to work with. You, you get that, you kind of get that right away versus somebody who's more standoffish. And it, go, it goes beyond just being nervous. You, you can see nervous. That's, yeah. that, that's understandable. Yeah. But when it's not, when it, when it comes off like uncaring and disassociated and that kind of stuff, that's where you start to see, you know, this product person's probably not a good fit. Yeah. I had something like that happen recently where um, it just, they, they just couldn't understand how to communicate professionally. It mm. was, they may have been a great um, person to do production and churn it out, do high level work but it was always negative communication about something else that was, you know, uh, somebody else's work. Right. It's like, you don't see the whole picture. You, you don't understand, like maybe what you don't understand what they were trying to get to. Sure. You just see it as negative and that that's not a good fit. Yeah. You know, you're looking, you're looking for people that are thinking dynamically and not, uh, not you know, single focus. Right. Right. And you mentioned in, in one of your, your comments a little bit ago that I wanted to highlight, you're a publicly traded company. Yeah. Um, how does that influence the culture and, and what you've tried to build there? It's interesting because uh, I come from, uh, you know, being part of a large conglomerate. I've also done startups. So okay. you're both, I'm at both ends of the spectrum. This is somewhere in between there. Sure. Um, so you always want to make sure that you're, you're creating, uh, uh, experiences and opportunities where your shareholders are going to benefit mm -hmm. and that, you know, you're looking forward, you're looking forward. And when you do that, you're looking for growth and how are we going to have a long-term roadmap and things like that. Mm -hmm. Still some of the same things you look at for, uh, when you're in a startup, but you're in a different mindset. In a startup and in a conglomerate, you're really not concerned about shareholder at that point. You're more part of this big machine moving forward. So you're focused on your part of it, right. not looking at, you know, what are we doing to shareholder value at this point? Uh, you're just trying to meet your numbers at that, you know, with that. And that, it all adds into it. But this is a much smaller venue and you really have to think about you know, how we're going to communicate this to shareholders so they see the vision um, and they buy into it. And that leads to a higher share price and creates more value for them. So, you know, we're really focused on creating product value. That's the thing that is the most important thing here. Are we creating things that are create value for the company and our shareholders? And, and to an extent, we're at a, we're at a point where I think we're creating everything that does that. Everything we're okay. creating is is built on a strategy that's going to lead this company forward, and that is going to increase, you know, uh, the volume of our stock and the share price associated with the stock itself. So, now, coming could, from, oh no, I'm yeah, sorry, finish your thought. I just I just think that I think you know in in this size of a company, it it, it is a daily hourly minute thing that you keep in mind mm -hmm. but it's not the driving thing because what the driving thing is the product that we're creating and that has the underlying idea that okay is this going to add value to our company sure. now now as good gaming grows if you had your your crystal ball out sure um, would you see keeping the, the same ratio of contractor to employees do you see a point at where where that might shift and if so why 
Um, I think it'll, I think it was set up to scale. Mm -hmm. So it depends on the, uh, the output of uh, the outside vendors. Can they keep up with our scale? Mm -hmm. Do we want to bring that in house? I'm not sure about that. Mm -hmm. I think that then you're starting to get away from that whole idea of having that uh, independent vision, right. a creative vision, um, and making sure that we're not uh, keyholing ourselves into a single mind and rather right. have like, you, we want to make sure that we're getting a bunch of new ideas and fresh ideas from, you know, highly creative people. Um, so I think we're set up in terms of the marketing and the management, the production management side here. And I think that can scale uh, as we go forward, as we become bigger. Will we start to bring in more creative in-house? Well, that remains to be seen. I'm not, I'm not sure that's the best way to go forward. I think we are set up to scale. It does scale this way. It's just a matter of, as I said, creating partnerships rather than just you know, individual contractors who just sure. work for us. Yeah, right? your contractual obligation to. Yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't think that's not the point here. The point yeah. is, is creating partnership, creative partnerships that help create great products that add value to what we're doing as we move forward. I think I, my final question is one that I, it could possibly be on the minds of our, our listeners. I'd be surprised sure. in fact, if it's not. Sure. And that's that your company is using the next generation of the web from a, a gaming perspective. And you hear a lot about organizations moving to a, a gamification type culture to engage their employees. Yeah. How could a business who is not in the gaming industry be smart about at least exploring the options for whether it's the metaverse, Web 3.0, whatever, sure. you know, yeah. that, that type of thing? What should they be thinking about? Well, the main driver for us, we talk about gaming, right? And really that's just engagement, right? We're engaging our community current and perspective in a way that entertains them, engages them in certain experiences that helps them become part of our product and become a customer. Mm -hmm. I think even a more global view is and I've had this for a while. It's all about this, this outlook for a while. It's all about community building. Uh, Everything. Yeah. You, our product is our community. Sure. That's our product. Yeah. The people that we engage with every day on Discord and things like that. Mm -hmm. So I think the, the, the mechanics of how you engage your community every day is your product. The way you engage your community is creating, you know, whatever you're creating, whether it's a pencil or, you know, a Facebook page or whatever it is. Um, the way you engage your people is the most important thing. And that community building exercise has to go on on a minute by minute basis. Uh, it starts off small and it builds. So once you take that kind of view, the platform that you use can be anything. It, it, you, gotcha. It's Web3, it's Roblox, it's Minecraft, it's it's Discord, which is really important. You know, Discord, you're able to talk to your customers every second of the day. So how can that be wrong? Exactly. Right? Your customer becomes <laughs> knows who you are. You build that relationship. 
it's better than Twitter, better than you know all these other kinds of platforms, social media platforms, where now the customer can talk to you every day if they have an issue, they want to just be part of the community, mm-hmm. and you should be doing things that makes that happen. Awesome. That's the key. Awesome. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. And what a what a great thought to end with. So, David. Mm-hmm. If, uh, if our listeners uh, wanted to contact you or learn more about Good Gaming Incorporated, where can they find you? Reach our website. You can check out MicroBuddies at MicroBuddies.io, and we are at MicroBuddies on Twitter. We'll be opening up our Discord uh, sh- soon, mm-hmm. uh, so you could be able to jump into that. Right now, it's private just because we're right in the middle of this uh, PFP stuff. Mm-hmm. And and once will that will open up probably in the next couple of weeks and then you'll be able to come in and and uh, it'll be a public discord and you'll be able to come in and send me direct messages and everybody else so <laughs> we're talking to people nonstop all day long that's 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 incredible and so uh, folks that's a discord um, and and you discord. heard it here first. Uh, you need to get on there so you can engage your customers. David, Check it out. That's right. Yeah. I mean, David, thank you so much. Um, very intriguing conversation. Um, I, I love the, the insights on employee fit, but also contractor fit and how that's right. so crucial for obviously for your organization. But I think that's a message that our listeners really do uh, need to hear that whether they're the traditional paycheck employee or not, that fit is crucial to us all getting along and getting the work done that, that our customers want us to get done. Absolutely. So hey, thanks, thanks so much. for having me. Yeah. Thanks so much for being here, David. Uh, again, I'm your host, Ed Crow for the Transforming Talent Podcast. Thanks again for listening. We'll have another episode for you coming up real soon. Take care, everyone. Hey, Ed Crow here. Thank you so much for listening to today's segment of Transforming Talent. If you're a business owner or executive of a business that's on a revenue freight train that you're not sure how to control, or maybe you're butting up against a revenue ceiling that you don't know how to break through, we'd love to have you on this program. Please visit my website at edcrow.com slash speaking slash podcast apply. Now for our listeners out there, if you got something out of this interview and you'd love to share it on social media, please go ahead and do so. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone, text it to a friend, and post it on the socials. If you know someone who would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag TransformingTalent. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We're regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, go to my website, edcrow.com, where you can follow me on LinkedIn, Twitter, or Facebook. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again next time.